This is episode 12 of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Kat Fulton. As you move along in your business, as your business develops, you may, now not everybody does, but you may realize that the best use of your time, even though you're a rock and service provider and you love your clients and you're so attached to your clients, you may realize at some point that the best use of your time is creating 10 jobs for other people, you know, instead of, um, instead of doing all the work yourself, because we can have anything you want. You can have everything you want, but you cannot do everything. Uh, we, yeah. So, so I, I realized, I realized pretty quick that my impact and influence created a much larger ripple effect when I wore the hat of speaker, presenter, educator, workshop giver, inspirer (laughs) of the people. So, um, yeah, but I do love the practice of music therapy and I do consider myself a clinician. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today to hear my conversation with Kat Fulton, who I'm sure you have heard of. She is the founder and inspiration behind Music Therapy Ed. If you haven't heard of Music Therapy Ed, they're an online platform. They have a blog and a bunch of wonderful CMTE courses that you can purchase online, take at your own pace, and get easy certification credits for. They have awesome teachers there, lots of topics that are relevant and very helpful for a variety of levels of profession and whatever population you may be serving. So definitely check them out. If you're liking what you hear on the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes as always. And this is a very exciting episode. Um, So when I originally launched the podcast, started this project, in order to not overwhelm myself with having regular uploads, I said, Trisha, I want to do 12 episodes that's the goal. If we can get further than that, awesome. But if not, let's get to 12. And this is our 12th episode. So in order to celebrate that and to continue producing, editing, scheduling, all of that, everything that goes into this podcast, I have created a Patreon page for the Music Therapy Chronicles. If you're unfamiliar with Patreon, it is um, just a platform where you can support Uh, creators or people for what they're doing online. You can pledge to, you know, give a little donation every month or a one-time donation, whatever you feel compelled to do. So if you are loving the podcast and looking for a way to support, I would appreciate anything you'd like to give. And if Patreon isn't the way you can do that, just if you want to leave us a comment on social media or like I said, a review on iTunes, anything like that, it would be greatly appreciated. I'm going to read a review on the other end of this episode, but for now, here is my conversation with Kat Fulton. Kat, leader in healthcare, welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I am so honored to be here. I'm excited about what you're doing, and I'm excited that you want to bottle up the music therapy conferences and put them into a nice podcast where everybody can like rejuvenate themselves during their drives. I love it. Thank Good you. job, Trisha. <laughs> that is a great synopsis of uh, my whole idea and vision for this, so thanks for yes. that. <laughs> 
So to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about you? Not necessarily music therapy related, but what's up with Kat? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, not music therapy related. Okay. Um, well, gosh, what can I, how can I start? Um, I love to work hard and play hard. And I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, um, there's like a strength skills, strengths, it's called Strengths Finder. And Ever since I took that test, it's maybe a little bit out of date, but ever since I took that test, I'm like, wow, those are great words to describe who I am and what I believe in and kind of like why I am the way I am. So my five top strengths are relater. I love to relate to people. I love to learn about them and I love to put myself in a place of caring curiosity. Um, I love to, oh, okay, so relater, then futuristic, optimistic, activator, and then I can't remember the uh, the other one, but it's something like optimistic or futuristic uh, ideation, ideation. I have a million ideas a minute. Okay. So it's like, I'm always thinking about the future. I've always got a million ideas downloading into my brain all the time. Um, you know, I just love life and I have my ups and downs just like anybody else. Um, but, um, you know, I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm happy to be alive. I love to play volleyball when I get a chance. Uh, I love exercising. I love running. I love cats. <laughs> so our, uh, my husband, when we got married, our whole hashtag for our wedding was like Matt's cats. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, I get it. And so yeah, Matt's cats. Cause now we have, well, he says we have three cats and I'm the non furry one. And, <laughs> um, I grew up in Georgia in the South, you know, so I can put that on if I need to, if y'all, if y'all need a good, good hometown girl talking to you, then that's me. I can put it on easy. And, um, but I was raised by two Yankee parents. So the interesting thing about growing up in the South, if you're going to, like, I went to a real tiny little school, teeny tiny, and I was made fun of by my, my Yankee accent. And so when, when I would call Jenny, Jenny, everybody would make the biggest fun of me because I'm not saying Jenny. <laughs> so, um, it's a little trippy. Um, you know, the South, I love it. It's a great place to visit and I wouldn't want to live there. So now I live in California and, um, California with all of its flaws, but I, you know, any, any place you move to has its ups and downs, advantages and disadvantages. So I love living here. It's, uh, I, you know, I have, uh, I love hanging out with people who are innovative and have, uh, creative ideas and are always on the go and, I'm, um, I feel like I'm a fast mover, but I do love to take it easy. Like my Southern roots let me do. So, um, let's see, what else can I tell you about me? I think that hopefully that wraps it up. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, I'm the, I'm a, the type of person, like when I get an idea, I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I already been begin on that yesterday. <laughs> it should have been done yesterday, you know? So, um, so I'm a fast mover and I love our field. I love what we do. I didn't even know what music therapy was when I got into it and I got into it. I didn't really understand fully until my internship. And then I, I, I yeah, I just fell in love with it. I believe that, that y there's no such thing as like, if you try to find your passion, like you're looking under rocks and you're, you know, traveling into forests and climbing mountains, trying to find your passion. I don't think that's the way to do it. I think our passion is already inside of us and we just take your passion wherever you go, whatever you do. And that's kind of what I did with music therapy, I feel like. So, um, you know, you can fall, fall in love, fall in love with life. Yeah. <laughs> well put. All of that. Very well put. And I, I see all of those strengths just in that, that little clip. Okay. <laughs> they all come out, which is great. So, so I, so I cannot drink caffeine cause I will, I'm already a nervous squirrel, right? I'm already a nervous squirrel. You give me, put me on caffeine and uh, it's not pretty. <laughs> I also don't drink caffeine, but I've never seen what I would react to, how I would react by being on caffeine. So yeah, <laughs> it would probably be very similar. So tell us how you found music therapy and your trajectory to where you are now. Oh, okay. Good question. So um, I always loved playing music when I was little. And I remember my sister taking uh, piano lessons and I couldn't wait until I was old enough to take piano lessons. And then, um, yeah, so that was second grade. I took piano lessons and I really took it seriously. And I um, entered competitions and in, in high school, I had to decide, you know, well, do I want to do music or do I want to do sports? And I did do both. Um, and so I did tennis, cross country and a lot of piano and, and I accompanied the high school chorus and um, you know, I was really active in both areas. 
And um, I also loved school in general, too. So when I got to college, I had to decide, should I major in chemistry or should I major in music? And somebody said something about, well, which one make, it fills you with joy? Or you know, somebody said something that was kind of a turning point. I don't remember who, but whoever it was, thank you. Because um, I decided to go for music. And I studied piano performance and music theory. That That's my undergrad, is in piano performance and music theory. And I know a lot of th- music therapists are like, oh, theory. Ugh. You know, but, but I actually love theory. I love math. I'm a math person. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I, I went in for music and I got a scholarship uh, and that was great. And then I got and I went into grad school. I started studying piano performance in grad school. And here's the turning point at uh, USC in Los Angeles. I've always been drawn to the West Coast because innovation and creativity, I feel like just thrives out here. I meet the most interesting people, out here, inventors and oddball people. I mean, when I f- first moved out to California, I realized, wow, I can play volleyball, a pickup game of volleyball at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. And there are people who have these alternative work schedules where they can do that too. And I, I'm really drawn to that. So anyway, um, going back to grad school, grad school at USC, I, it was hard to find a practice room. You couldn't find a practice room to save your life. That's why a lot of people had keyboards and things in their, in their rooms. Um, so even at midnight, there would be a line for the practice rooms and it was frustrating. So then when I finally got into a practice room, I, you know, I remember this turning point. I was like, it's me and four white walls and a piano. And this is like how I spend most of my time every day, all day. And it all leads up to this big grand recital when, you know, there may be a handful of people who sleep because it's, you know, it's, it's, I love classical music. I love jazz. Um, but let's face it, you know, you have to rub shoulders with the patrons. You have to make sure you're going to be funded. You have to work really hard and it's cutthroat. And yeah, uh, so anyway, at that turning point, I looked at the four white walls and I'm like, man, I think I need more human interaction in my life. And the next day I went to the library at USC because I did not own a computer. 2000, I want to say it was 2002, went to the computer lab and I Googled careers in music. And the first thing that showed up at the top was music therapy. And I hadn't ever, I mean, I had kind of heard of it being made fun of in undergrad, uh, but I never heard of it as a actual, real, legit thing. And I just saw those words and I thought, music therapy, my parents wouldn't like that at all. (laughs) I'm going to do it. (laughs) Like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so I remember calling up CSUN and talking to Ron Borson. And Ron, if you're listening, I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> but I remember when I was talking to Ron, I I don't know, like something, I, I don't think you were able to get your master's at CSUN. And um, he didn't seem that interested in, in convincing me uh, or persuading me to come on down. So um, I decided to call. So then I was like, okay, I either hang out here in LA, figure it out in LA, or I um, find a school that's closer to my parents' house. Cause what if something happens? I don't like music therapy and I need a couch to crash on. Then, so then I called up FSU, Florida state and had no idea what kind of uh, psychological approach any of these places. I, I didn't know what to, I, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but I, what I did know is that they had an assistantship available. Uh, it was a uh, group piano teaching assistantship and so they offered it to me and I said, heck yeah. And I went to Florida and I, um, I finished my degree program out there. I finished my master's at Florida state and I got my internship here in San Diego and the rest is history. <laughs> and I, I finally started picking up and understanding what is music therapy. Um, uh, so I had to, <laughs> I had to, um, really get my hands into it to understand, uh, what exactly it is. Because the thing is, I, um, we're studying, you know, music, music therapy and people of Alzheimer's music therapy and people with developmental disabilities, music therapy and uh, cancer patients, et cetera. And so the problem was I couldn't figure out how to explain to my family what I was doing and the effects and the power of music and et cetera, et cetera. So that's in my internship when I finally practiced it long and hard enough to 
regurgitate it and like teach other people what that's when I really, and I think that's the highest, the highest level of learning I think is teaching the topic yourself, right? Is when you're able to teach it yourself. And so that's when I finally understood what the heck we're doing and was able to, to get other people on board to it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So are you a clinician? What kind of populations have you worked with as a clinician? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would call myself a clinician. Absolutely. So I've been a, well, I got my MTBC in 2005 and I, I was a, um, full blown, uh, you know, fiery, uh, fiery, go, 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 go clinician for the first 10 years, I would say. And then after about 2015, 16, well, after about 2015, I slowed up my uh, client, my client load, my caseload quite a bit to focus on my online work. But absolutely, when I started out, I started my my practice right out of internship as fast as I could. Um, and most of my clients were older adult clients and these were a lot of memory care facilities and some skilled nursing facilities as well as some independent living, uh, facilities, which was a lot of fun because I would take all these rhythm workshops and bring all the rhythm stuff I knew into all of these, all of these different environments. Um, and then it kind of spread from there. I opened a clinic space in uh, probably 2014 or 15, opened up a clinic space and we started serving kids um, kids in school settings uh, who were coming to that same clinic. We, to that same clinic for OTSTPT. Um, and then I also opened up a medical hospital program in about 2013. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a clinician. I'm not practicing as much as I used to. I do about three sessions a month, uh, at this point, but, uh, I was sometimes when you're really, when you're really good at starting programs or speaking on music therapy or providing workshops or the educational aspect, then what you, what you might realize is that your time is better spent creating jobs for other people. Well said. Then, yeah, then digging in and, you know, so, yeah, there's this awesome book called The E-Myth Revisited. If you're a business owner, I highly recommend reading The E-Myth Revisited. And it goes over how when you're running a business, there are really three hats to fulfill. Uh, number one is a service provider, right? The, ser- the people getting their hands dirty, like really hands-on, seeing the clients, doing the hard work, doing the documentation. Number two is the manager, the scheduler, the contact person, uh, the person who can put everything into an organized fashion so that everybody understands. And then number three is the visionary or the entrepreneur. And so what, as you move along in your business, as your business develops, you may, now not everybody does, but you may realize that the best use of your time, even though you're a rockin' service provider and you love your clients and you're so attached to your clients, you may realize at some point that the best use of your time is creating 10 jobs for other people, you know, instead of, um, instead of doing all the work yourself, because we can have anything you want. You can have everything you want, but you cannot do everything. Uh, and we, yeah. So, so I, I realized I realized pretty quick that my impact and influence created a much larger ripple effect when I wore the hat of speaker, presenter, educator, workshop giver, inspirer (laughs) of the people. So, um, yeah, but I do love the practice of music therapy and I do consider myself a a clinician. I could, I could, any kind of older adult group throw me in there. I can rock out. Now, when it comes to kids, I'm a little rusty. Early childhood, I can rock it out. (laughs) Um, One-on-one hospital uh, bedside, I would do well in that setting right now. I would be very confident in that setting. Um, But, but yeah, so there are some, some areas I'm pretty rusty and I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and our scope of practice is so broad that it's, I would say impossible, you know, nothing's impossible, but it's very difficult to feel confident doing all of them at all times. (laughs) Yeah. 
Mental health, I would not feel confident at this point, although there was a point probably uh, 11 years ago when I would when I did feel very confident. Yeah, yeah. So but there are some populations you really have to um, keep yourself a very uh, it can it, all the continuing ed needs to be very, very up to date. And uh, you have to be very cutting edge in order to keep up. Uh, in order to not be irrelevant, considered irrelevant or considered, yeah, so some of it, yeah, mm-hmm. and it is, yeah, it is hard to be good at everything, so. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it sounds like you have experience at some point with lots of populations, which is awesome, because a lot of people, you know, they kind of find their niche and they stay in it and they you mm-hmm. know, become very specialized in that, but I, I'm kind of like you where I... I know what I prefer. I know what I like at this time, but I'm always up for the challenge to try something else, to learn something else, to become comfortable with a different group of people. So, well, that's impressive. That's an impressive uh, curiosity to have, right? Because because uh, it takes some courage to go in and make some mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that you become well, a little bit more well versed and make progress and and grow. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us where the idea for music therapy ed came from and then how you brought that to fruition. Tell us how you how you birthed that baby. <laughs> ah, I would love to. I would love to tell you about how I birthed that baby along with many, many, many other people, not just me. Um, yes. OK, this is one of my favorite stories. Yeah. The, and it just makes me so happy to tell it. Um, I, I'm, I'm tremendously blessed and, um, I would say burnout, burnout brought me to <laughs> bottom line is burnout brought me there. Um, and this is a beautiful example of how you can turn your challenge into a triumph. Uh, I, um, yeah. And honestly, this honestly, it inspires me every day. And whenever I do get burned out or I, I start becoming, or I have high anxiety, which is a common thing for my nervous squirreledness, um, or when I'm feeling sad or whatever it is, I, I always turn to stories like this. Okay. Back in 2009, I want to say 2008 or 2009, uh, I would get recurring laryngitis on the month, every month at the first day of my period. Okay. So that definitely tells you something about hormones, et cetera, right? I I would get recurring laryngitis where I would lose my voice completely. I couldn't make a squeak for at least three days. And this happened six months in in a row. And on the sixth month, and I remember uh, talking to the lady who lived next door. I was so worried about losing my clients because of my lack of reliability. When you're a business owner, you know that consistency and reliability are so important, not to mention the guilt that you take on for knowing that these clients are not getting something that they really that they really um, open up to and that really moves them on a deep level. Ah, so everybody probably knows that feeling of the guilt, the burden. Oh, I'm, I'm sick. So, and then nobody wants to take time off because the guilt is so much heavier than the pain of being sick. Um, okay. So I remember talking to my, the lady who lived next door to me and just writing on a whiteboard saying, Hey, can you call my client writing it on a whiteboard? Can you please call my client and let them know there's no music therapy today? Cause I lost my voice, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So, um, I even remember going on a first date with a guy who I, I even, you know, I was like, I was, I was like, I can't talk. Are you sure you want to go on a date? And he said, I'm not contagious. And I just get this thing every month. And he says, yes. So our first date, I did not end up, um, continuing to date this person, but it was, it was a funny story, right? Whenever, when we were dating, it's like, Oh, our first date was miming. <laughs> and, um, and so I, at, after the six months, I just said, wow, this is, this is too much. This is ridiculous. I don't care what it takes, even if it takes me missing my rent payment or whatever it is, I'm going to take an entire month off. And in that month off, I did energy healing work. I did a lot of reflection and introspection. I wrote letters to my throat. I uh, wore, <laughs> I wore a scarf. I drank tea. I, I just rested, 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 rested and reflected and, and looked inside of myself. And, and 
really just asking my throat, asking God, why is this continuing to happen? I love what I do. I found my passion. I mean, whenever I walk into a room full of older adults and I have drums, that I mean, I know that's what I'm born to do. So why is this continuing to come up for me? So it was only a couple months later that I remember I had healed my voice, but my body was still exhausted. I came back home one day from doing like six sessions all over San Diego County, you know, coming back home at 630, my whole body hurting and just crashing on my floor and uh, thinking, man, I can't. Okay, first is my voice. Now it's my whole body hurting. I can't go on like this. And I, I remember reaching for my laptop and pulling it across my carpet and opening it up and just Googling music therapy blog. And I there were three blogs at the time, one by Rachel Ramback, one by Kimberly Senamore, and one by Michelle Erfurt. There were these three. And of course, there's the fear of HIPAA violations. That was real. HIPAA is huge now. Well, even that back then it was even huger, um, if that's a word, because it was fairly new and fairly uh, mysterious about you know what you can and can't say. And I was so fear. I'm like, I can't start a blog because I might violate HIPAA. And so then I'm reading all these other blogs. I'm like, they're not violating HIPAA. They're not sharing any client information. They're just sharing what they know and their expertise. I can do this. So I became the fourth music therapy blogger. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm going to only write the blog for my clients because I'm afraid I'm going to lose their business since I'm sick all the time. And so I'm just going to write blogs for my clients so that they, they realize the value in me by reading my blog posts. And maybe, maybe I won't even have to be there in real person. Maybe I can just blog, blog them and make them happy that way. And so what I realized, so I, I would blog, 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 blog. And I would blog stuff that I think they should know. Like the difference between music therapy and drum circle facilitation was a huge thing back then. You know, the difference between music therapy and this and that and da, 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 and volunteerism. And, um, and um, then I would call my clients every couple months, say, hey, did you read my latest blog post? Because of course I would email them and let them know about it. And they said, Kat, you know, no, I didn't. I, we just really want you here. Can, when's, when's your next session? Can we, can we double your hours? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it's backfiring. But what I realized after a couple months, and especially after, I, I actually gave myself like five or six months of blogging and then I was going to give it up. But on the fifth month, May of 2010, I released, I worked so hard and it was so fun. I, I put this stop photography video together of my shoes dancing with boom markers inside of them. And, and in the caption, I'm like, hey, if you want the arrangement of the black eyed, ple black -eyed peas doing boom, boom, pow to, um, with boom markers for your groups, you just email me and I'll send it to you. So I published that May of 2010. And I got like 200 emails that day. Like, can you please send me the arrangement? I want the arrangement. I want, I want to do this with my group because 2010 was the year of boom, boom, pap of black eyed peas all over the place. Very hot. And um, it was so fun. And get this, 17 minutes after I published that blog post, this guy, this drum, this drum circle facilitator in Scotland emailed me saying, Kat, you have no idea. You're an answer to my prayer. I can't believe you just published this. I need the arrangement right now because I've been hired to do a Girl Scout camp this summer, 400 Girl Scouts. And the whole theme of that camp is Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> I was like, okay, here's the arrangement. And then a couple months later, he sent me a video of 400 Girl Scouts playing my arrangement in Scotland. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. So these things. I just didn't believe that they were coincidences. You know, I'm like, this, this is meaningful. You can share stuff of value online. That's not breaking. That's not violating HIPAA, <laughs> but it's just sharing your expertise and what you love to do and what you're good at. And, um, it inspired me so much. I realized that there was value in this. And, um, I knew I couldn't sell arrangements because there's copyright around the songs and stuff. So I was like, huh, well, what else am I good at? So then anyway, long story short, I had many failures before I figured out music therapy ed, but I released a DVD, uh, called drumified. And now I call it get drumified with older adults. And, um, it was all about teaching you how to drum with older adults. And so I released a DVD doing that and it went, it was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't like the bombastic, amazing sales that I thought would free me from having to work Saturdays and Sundays and, you know, to, um, uh, 
to keep my head above water and to make my rent check and all that. But it did, it did um, make me realize that I had to learn the art of marketing and sales, as much as that sounds like I'm selling my soul. When I started learning about marketing sales, I started, uh, I actually started putting together my music therapy, like the heart based, meaningful, purpose driven, purpose driven is it like the purpose driven work of music therapy into the, the art of marketing and sales and realize, oh my gosh, people need to be moved out of procrastination into taking action. And that's really what a lot of what marketing and sales are all about. So anyway, I took this course and did some more failures and blah, 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 failed, failed, failed. And then I, um, uh, then I released a course on building a WordPress website and after interviewing, after collaborating with a colleague of mine and interviewing, interviewing a hundred music therapy business owners on what they really want, what their biggest dreams come true are, what their worst fears are, uh, finally realized that I need to teach a course because most of these business owners are afraid of the, of the internet. I need to teach people how, how to build a website, just something really easy. So I started with that. And then I realized, oh, I got 7%, seven times my return on investment on that. I was like, huh, okay, but I don't know everything. I couldn't ever teach a course on mental health and music therapy. I could never teach a course on this aspect and this topic. Da, 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 da. So how can I take this idea where it's actually it actually makes business sense, I'm not going under, and multiply it by 30 or 40 or 100? And so that's when 2013, 2012, I called Jamie George, Rachel C., Janice Lindstrom. Um, yeah, I mean, Jamie George was a big one. Anita Swanson. And I, and I got the founders of Music Therapy Ed together. And I said, hey, what if you guys create this video, create a video course, Jamie George on reimbursement? Because I remember hearing her talk about reimbursement at conference. And I'm like, this is a message that needs to get out to, to the rest of the 6,000 music therapists on the planet. You know, um, we need to get out we need to teach music therapists how to obtain private insurance reimbursement. This is not only good for advocacy, it's also good for serving our clients. And it's also good. I mean, it, it's good, 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 good. It would be a win, 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 win. And so, yeah, so July 17th, seven years ago, seven years ago this month, July 17th, 2012, we launched the website. And that's another thing where I was like, okay, build it and they'll come, build it and they'll come. Day day one, nobody bought anything. Day two, nobody bought anything. Day three, day four, day five, day six, nobody bought a course. Nobody, zero, zero. So that's when I called Jamie. I'm like, Jamie, if we add two CMTEs by you teaching two office hours in real time and give a deadline for people to sign up for those extra office hours with you, would you be willing to do that? And she said, yes. And then the next Friday we made 45 sales. Wow. I was like, oh, cool. And so now, yeah, yeah. So that's the story. And then, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So now that it, it has grown, how do you find new people to create courses? How do you field courses? Do you do that? Does someone else do it? Oh, I very much have my hands in the recruiting of instructors and so of, of various ways. Um, so it, for instance, I'm, I'm constantly looking out for people to recruit that I feel would be a good fit, not only topic wise, but also um, also personality wise, you know, um, it's you become, I mean, not super intimate with us and our team, but um, definitely needs to be someone who is, who's got a positive mindset, who is is on board with the purpose that music therapy ed has which is to help music therapists stand as leaders in healthcare so it's got to be someone who is on board with that mission like a hundred a thousand percent on board with that mission and inspired to be part of that mission um and so a couple of different ways the other day i saw someone post on facebook uh, you know, does anybody know how to create a CMTE course and da, 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 or something? And I private messaged her and I knew that she was a past customer. And I said, hey, hey, let's talk. And it's turning out to be a really good fit. Awesome. And this person hasn't created the course yet, but we had a chat and we we're like on the same page. I had no idea. Um, I had no idea until I talked to her on the phone. And then there was this 
then, then another way to submit a course proposal is to send in a paragraph to our customer support info at musictherapyed.com. And then, um, we'll review it and we'll, we'll determine the team and I together kind of determine, well, uh, is it, is it a good time? Is it, is it a good, is it a topic that works well, um, with not only the timing, but the courses that we already have available and et cetera, et cetera. So, so I work with the team closely on all that stuff. And so kind of goes both ways, me outreaching and, uh, yeah, uh, initiating as well as other people initiating and turning in their ideas. That's a great balance. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I love watching conference presentations and seeing who's on, who's um, presenting at the con. You know, I'm I'm always I've always got my eye on people who are giving the CMTEs and uh, people who are making waves uh, in our field. So I was really excited when Christine Stevens wanted to teach a course with us, and I've got some other uh, really well known and loved, well loved uh, professors and clinicians who uh, who I'm working with um, behind the scenes as well so yeah sure. yeah it's um it's a good bunch of people to learn from for sure yeah, thank you, have you. A lot of great stuff on the website and um, the way you've set things up to be uh, learn at your own pace like it's it's I don't want to say easy learning because you have to do the work like you're there to learn but you have the forums to ask questions to communicate with people like it's it's simple enough that it's not overwhelming to do it um, but you are getting the value of learning from the courses and I love that yeah thank you thank you yeah I always figure um, I always figure when you go to a conference and you have a, you sign up for a three or a five or six hour CMTE the only time you have with that instructor is during those three or five or six hours mm -hmm. at the conference I mean there's very rarely a follow-up group or a hey I mean, I guess you could contact the instructor, but it's not, um, you know, the, the great thing, the lucky thing that we have with Music Therapy Ed is, yeah, that when you buy just a single course, you have two months access, which is a super long time um, compared to compared to like going to something in person so that if you need to learn over a span, if you want to just take it in chunks and little bits and pieces and really massage your way into the materials, then then it's really good for really good for that kind of learning. It takes a little bit of self-discipline. And so, yeah. uh-huh, right. It takes some self-discipline, right? Because, um, because it's easy to sign up for something and just never take action on it. And so our job, our job is to help people move out of procrastination into taking action. I mean, that is bottom line. That's what people need to do. It's human nature to stay in procrastination, just stay in procrastination because it's comfortable and it's nice and it's okay. But I mean, what are you going to do when you're 90 on your deathbed looking back? Oh, I wish I had done X, Y, and Z. I wish I had made waves. I wish I had been bolder. You know, wish you had been, you'd been bolder, not wish you had staved, uh, stayed in your safe zone. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's we can a, talk about that for it. <laughs> that's a great philosophy to live life by. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah, I'm lucky because I'm lucky because I never felt uh, like Georgia was my home. I always felt like oh, I had to get out and do something different and be some. You know, um, I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that Georgia never felt like comfortable and safe, and I'll stay here for us because that has kind of turned into my life. Like I. I, I'm shocked I'm married. I'm shocked that I that I found someone that I can actually like settle down with because it's not my nature to settle down. It's definitely my nature to like be outside of my comfort zone. Um, so yeah, from outside of your comfort zone, come join us on the outside <laughs> and do something bold, do something different, do something that makes people's heads turn that uh, is is yeah, it doesn't have to be brilliant. It doesn't have to be smart, um, but it can just be standing up for something you really, really, really believe in that um, gets other people fired up with you. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So for anyone listening on, you know, on your way to work or doing the dishes or whatever, I hope you feel those words <laughs> and you're ready for your next session. You're ready to go. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, your clients, your clients love it when you, when you are, um, fired up and really believe in what you do. And, and, uh, it's so much easier to get the administrators and the decision makers and the staff. It's so much easier to get the staff involved in your sessions when, they can feel your contagious enthusiasm or they can feel the energy. This is really what they're doing. I better pay attention. Um, and I, sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to take a ton of energy. Sometimes all it can take is, is a look or sometimes all it can take is a, a, a uh, rationale explanation. I, what I found is like, Sometimes we go in and we just do music therapy and we're just like put up blinders on the music therapy and that's it. And maybe some small tweak can change everything. Like go in, start by explaining to the staff the rationale of why you need them to be present, on point and on board with what you're doing. Hey, it would mean the world to me if you could sing the song with us as we begin, okay? Sing, and just get them in, in that way. You know, I, one of the biggest uh, challenges that we hear is, uh, oh, staff, you know, staff won't be, staff are uh, on their phones the whole time during the session. <laughs> they see it as their break time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's accurate, yeah. <laughs> so maybe there's just one little small tweak you can I just remember doing my sessions and the staff, I. They, would, they know to be dancing and assisting and in my sessions. Oh yeah. Like they are, <laughs> they, they just know if they're hanging out in the corner, I'm going to go up to them and say, Hey, and I'm going to start singing a song about their, how they're in the corner playing on their cell phone <laughs> and, and, and start singing a song about how we would love to have you join us. We would love to have you join us. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I have no problem putting people on the spot. <laughs> I'll probably use that. <laughs> yeah. We would love to have you join us. Come on over here. Hey, come on over here. Hey, hey, come on over here. Hey, put your hands in the air. Come on, put your hands in the air. <laughs> right? Perfect. Perfect. Oh. <laughs> so starting Music Therapy Ed is obviously an awesome story. Do you have any other experiences that stick out in the seven years it's been since uh, everything launched? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I do. So, um, yeah, um, I do. So I'll have to say, I want to start out by saying first, like by nature, I am an introvert. I am much more comfortable, quiet and in the dark and, um, like reading a book or writing in my journal and, um, uh, but when it's, when it has to do with something that I really believe in, like you asked me to be on this podcast, I'm like, yes, <laughs> enthusiastic when yeah. it's something I'm really passionate about, like my passion, uh, overcomes my introversion. Okay. So, um, so I don't have a problem being bold when it comes to something I really believe in. And when it comes to being bold, doing things that make people's heads turn, uh, getting people involved in your sessions, even when, if it's just trying to get your staff, you know, I, like I said, I have no problem putting people in the spotlight if they're not participating and I need them to participate, et cetera, et cetera. Being bold, like taking that bold action. I really, like, I really believe the best thing for our clients right now is for you to be invo involved. Um, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like that, um, approach your personality, the way the things you say, people are going to get triggered and the list goes on. And I can tell you that uh, the stronger I stand in what I believe in, which is that music therapists are leaders in healthcare, and we're here to help them feel that from the inside out. The louder I become, the bolder I get, the more resistance I receive as well. So not just resistance, but serious pushback. Last month, uh, I had a troll uh, find us on social and compare me. It, it, it took the time. This is a person who is not a music therapist, a person who is not in the music therapy community whatsoever. But this person took the time to make, like, home make, like, from scratch, create a meme that compared me 
to the CEO of that evil CEO of that pharmaceutical company that gouged prices for the EpiPens. So, so, and that's just one example. I mean, I've had many trolls. I've had many people, uh, uh, wish death upon me over email. You know, it's interesting what veil that people use with email and social media. They use it as a veil. Like these are things you would never be able to say to someone face to face or do to someone face to face. But the, the email and the social media becomes this veil to where they're free to say what they want and, and just let it, whatever their frustrations or insecurities are within themselves, bleh, just, you know, like, Oh, there's a good target. She's successful. She's happy. She's bold. She's inspired. She claims to be inspiring people. I'm going to, you know, so I'm just saying when you are bold and when you do something drastic that you firmly believe in and you continue to go down that road, not everybody, not everybody's going to like you. And so there are, there's a difference between a challenging environment and a hostile environment. And the faster you can make that distinction and make sure that you stay out of hostilities way and keep putting yourself into challenging environments um, that are nurturing your personal growth, that are continuing to build you up and push you into that next level of, of personal growth. Um, and just be aware of the hostile hostility or hustle environment, you know, it's, it's just life. And so that's, that's a big challenge that I've overcome. And, uh, I can't say that that stuff doesn't affect me. I mean, that day that that came out, I, the whole afternoon I spent crying, <laughs> you know, like I was, I was out, but then, you know, the next day I pick myself up again and I just go out there and I'm like, Hey, I'm married to my purpose. My purpose is to help music therapists stand as leaders in healthcare. Nothing is going to get in the way of that. And, uh, and this person is confused, doesn't know me, doesn't understand who we are, has never taken a course with us. <laughs> so, um, as is not even a music there, you know, so it's, um, yeah. So I, I just want to, I just want to encourage people to find your, find your advocates and grow from there and grow from the inside and then from, grow from the inside of your strongest supporters and bubble, 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 bubble out from there. And don't listen to anybody on the outside. doesn't matter who doesn't know you or doesn't understand you. Yeah, well put. And you're, you're totally right about the internet. We'll go back to yeah, the, the person from Scotland. It can connect you yeah. to so many wonderful people, but it also like leaves you vulnerable to those trolls out there. So it's great that you're able to see and keep going because everything you're doing is helping so many people and, you know, touching so many people, teaching so many people. Uh, and it's, that's important work. You're totally right. So I commend you for that. Uh, you're so sweet. You're too kind. Thank you. Yeah. We do work so hard to put out free content and valuable content. Like the last blog post we put out was a phone script on how to make a compassionate connection with a potential decision maker. Like use this. That is the exact way I I enrolled 40 older adult facilities in San Diego within two years, you know, uh, to start my pra practice. And yeah, so we really do try to hard to, we, we try hard to lead with generosity. So, um, yeah. 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 That's definitely <laughs> noticeable. And I, I get the emails and the blog and all that. And I saw the phone script and, um, copy that to my bookmarks and it is there for whenever oh, I cool. need it. <laughs> awesome. 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 And everything else Anytime. you're doing. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. And I, and I really am serious when I say that my, my purpose, we're married to our purpose. And that's the other thing, you know, it's interesting. Um, when you're running a business, you have your purpose and then you have your commodity, right? The commodity actually keeps you in business as far as like the money goes and the revenue. And, and honestly, the CMTE courses, the video courses, if CMTEs went away and CBMT disbanded and they said, oh, we're not going to accept, C we're not doing it this way anymore. We're going to do it like state by state or we're going to do make, create a world federation or whatever it is. CMTE courses go away. That's fine. They will go away we will find a commodity in order to be the arm of our purpose because we don't care about the cmte courses as much as our purpose the purpose is to help music therapists stand as leaders in healthcare. so if that commodity goes away we will find another commodity to serve as the arm of our purpose yeah. um so yeah 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 awesome that's, i'm glad that that's 
that's recorded for everyone to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Hearing that to me is empowering to know like, hey, even if the, the track we found doesn't work anymore, we're going to find another one. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can look at that um, through through the lens of your clients too. I mean, hey, maybe they're not interested in music therapy services right now, but maybe they have an iPod program that is old and dusty and they don't know what to do with it. And you're like, I can help you with that because I am the subject matter expert. And then you give them all the tips to clean up and get their iPod program running. And, they, and if they like what you do, they are they services. I mean, that is another, so just outside of the box kind of stuff, you know, you never know, you never know, just keep your chin up and you got this, you got this. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you for those words of encouragement. Are you ready to move into some rapid fire questions? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. Bring them on. <laughs> well, I guess this first one's kind of silly because you already mentioned it, but coffee or tea? Oh, tea. Yeah. Tea. <laughs> it's got to be the herbal kind with no caffeine. Although I, I do, do love an Earl Grey, though. I love an Earl Grey, and it has a little bit of caffeine, and so I have to only do it in the mornings. Can't do it at night. So I love a little bit of Earl Grey. In fact, I have this specific kind of coconut Earl Grey that um, you can get in San Diego at this little tea shop. Oh, it's it's divine. And then I add a little coconut creamer. If you have a Trader Joe's wherever you live, there's the coconut creamer. It's delicious. A little bit of honey. Yes. That sounds good. You can make me tea anytime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on out to San Diego. We'll do tea. Thanks. Early bird or night owl? Oh, neither. <laughs> Let's see her early bird and night owl. Uh, when I'm up against a deadline, it's definitely definitely a night owl. Um, and, but I don't like uh, waking up early. I don't. I never have an alarm set ever. Ever, unless I have to catch an early flight. Um, but I, I always wake up when my body needs to wake up. Um, and so even when I was running a regular practice, it's kind of like usually if you're running a regular practice, usually your first sessions won't start until 9 or 10. And so it's easy to just get up naturally when your body wants to. And so when I have a deadline, it's night owl. But hopefully it's neither. Hopefully it's it's a uh, chill out watching Star Trek with my husband at night and then sleep in until my body needs to wake up. That's usually what it is. Sounds like a good system. <laughs> Something you would tell your younger self. Oh, okay. Um, this is going to make me cry. So my some I would tell my younger self the same thing that my dad told me. Um, when I was a little girl. So I've always had, I always had a turbulent relationship with my mom, uh, which shaded my entire growing up childhood and my whole go getter. I'm independent. Leave me alone. I'm good. I'm good. I'm self-sufficient attitude. But my dad, I uh, I'm a huge softy for. And so my dad told me when I grew up, when I was growing, I said, well, dad, I was asking him, gosh, I could be a piano teacher when I grow up, or I could, I could be a music teacher, or what do you think, Dad? And he just looked at me in the eye, and he just took my hand, and he said, or put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, I don't know what you're going to be, but I know it's going to be very, very special. And I know it's not the most profound thing to say, but you know, when you write those words out, it doesn't look like much of any, but it, it meant the world. It meant the world to me. And it helped me keep believing in myself um, at my low points. You know, it's like, there's something special about me. There's something special about you. There's so everybody has something unique and valuable and special. Um, and yeah, so that's why I say you have something special. So keep going, keep that sparkle. <laughs> that makes me think of um, something I would say, or at least think to a client. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. There's so much about our music therapy work that can be converted into life and personal development. I mean, yes, yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. Great. Your music therapy elevator speech. Oh, <laughs> now I'm on the spot. My elevator speech. Okay. Here's, here's how it go. <clears throat> First, I would say, you want to know more about music therapy. Okay. Let me ask you this first. Do you know someone who has Alzheimer's or autism 
or cancer? Do you know anyone affected by any of these conditions? And then they would say, oh, yeah, my grandma has Alzheimer's. Okay, well, imagine this. Imagine your grandma sitting in, and then I paint the picture, okay? I paint the picture of whatever they say. Imagine, because I have to get that information first. And I've learned from DeForia Lane that the three biggest populations that have the, that are most prolific in the research of music therapy happen to be all the ones that start with a vowel, which are the three, Alzheimer's, oncology, and autism, right? So I always, so... Oh yeah, my grandma, my grandma had all time Alzheimer's. So, okay. Okay. Well, picture this. Your grandma is in a memory care facility and your grandma might not be connecting with those around her, but maybe she's watching TV, but, but may not have the awareness that other people are in. And the person I can imagine just saying, Oh, I know she didn't even know my name when I walked in the room. I say, yeah, yes, exactly. So imagine, imagine a music therapist coming to the room and singing a song and bringing instruments for your grandma and your family to play uh, when uh, that would just light her up and bring her to life. And probably I imagine that person would be, oh yeah, every time we turned on the radio, she would, like she did, she came to life, da, 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 da. You know, so then I would move it into the therapeutic relationship. So what happens is that your grandma ends up building this therapeutic relationship with a the music therapist. And then every time the music therapist comes, your grandma's able to build not only a relationship with the therapist, but also with those in the room around her. And it just creates not only a more comfortable, positive atmosphere, but also if the staff is maybe having a tough time, maybe she's feeling aggressive or a little combative or confused or irritated, agitated, then we can use music therapy purposefully in order to reduce that agitation, for example. So... I know that's super long, but I, I really feel like something that's, that's so important is gathering information about your audience, who you're talking to. Um, I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, that's a very uh -huh. simple question to, that would completely yeah. shape how they receive it. Because if they have know someone with Alzheimer's and you're talking about someone with autism, they might not get it. But So that's a great way to start. Exactly. Exactly. So oncology, then I would talk about chemotherapy treatment. Um, uh, autism is an easy one. I mean, think of the goals on the IEP, uh, uh, super easy one. <laughs> so um, that's how I would shape the conversation is I, I have to gather information from the audience first. I have to have it's for me, it's more of a dialogue. Awesome. That's great. Uh, your favorite self-care practice. Oh, okay. 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 This is a really good one. In 2016, I was struggling quite a bit with anxiety, panic attacks, right? Panic attacks. Um, and like I say, and like you may be able to tell, I am, a, I'm a bit of a nervous, nervous squirrel. And, uh, so these panic attacks came because of some devastation, both in my business and my personal life. Um, gosh, three years feels like so long ago. Thank goodness. <laughs> Get 2016 far, far away from me. Uh, so uh, my husband, for uh, my, my best friend would call me on the phone and uh, I wouldn't be able to answer. I would just go straight into hyperventilation. My husband would come into the room where I'm working and see me like writhing in pain on the floor because I can't calm myself down, et cetera. And so um, it wasn't until a friend of mine invited me to a, invited me to receive a GIM session from her. And that GIM session was life-changing. And she sent me home with a roller bottle of essential oils that seriously, that was my companion, that thing, that the little roller bottle connecting me to the session where my spirit animal came to me. Uh, it was so profound. If you haven't ever done GIM, you got to find a practitioner to try GIM. I don't care if you use essential oils or not. Like I, I don't care about the essential oils part. Just do GIM. And so that's what got me interested in essential oils because I was able to recover from my panic attacks in two weeks after that session. Um, and that so essential oils are really, really, really help me with my anxiety and my sleep and my allergies and a few other things, but that's, that's my favorite thing to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're the, I think at least the second person on the podcast to say like, you know, seek GIM or there's, you know, and yeah. music therapy for yourself. 
Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. GIM imagery. Uh, these are, yeah, these are such good tools for like wellness populations um, and mental health. So good. So good. Powerful. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad that was able to help you. Thank you. Something that is currently adding value to your life. Oh, something currently adding value to my life. Okay, well, <laughs> so, um, uh, okay, I'll tell you a personal story real quick. Unfortunately, my mom died in March of this year, um, and it was a shock, unexpected, 71 years old, like way too young in my opinion. And so, um, dad, um, remember the day of her funeral, we were at the house and I told my dad, I said, look, I would say the same thing to mom, but I'm going to say to you, when you're ready to move on and find, find someone else, you have my full hundred percent support. I'm, I'm totally on board and I trust you. And he looked at me like, what are you saying? I said, cause I kind of joked around with him. I like, look, dad, you got game. Okay. And you know, everybody kind of cracked up and I mean, my dad's such a good guy. And so then uh, something that's adding value to my life is knowing that my dad has fallen in love with his high school sweetheart. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so they're touching. like totally, they're totally head over heels. Oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this because I'm not sure, I'm not sure I'm supposed to tell the whole, well, no, I can tell the whole world, but I don't know how much detail I should tell the whole world, you know, but, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying it is the most wonderful. So what's adding value in my life is knowing that my dad is happy, knowing that this, there's this extra person in our family to bring my dad happiness and bring us all like she, she's into music. Um, I'm going to see them in September. My, my husband and I are going to fly out and see them in September. We're going to do a hoot nanny. I got, uh, I got a songbook of all my dad's favorite music. It's going to be for his birthday. And we're just going to sit down and jam and sing songs. And she's a singer and it's going to be so much fun. I'm going to bring my guitar. It's great. Beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so he's 75. So I'm, I got to learn a lot of Buddy Holly and Roy Orbison and <laughs> those kind of, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, your favorite intervention to use in sessions or favorite song? Ooh, okay. Um, well, my favorite song is I Am Light by India Ari. My favorite intervention to use, it depends on the population, but if I'm working, if I'm drumming, which I love to drum, then it's doing some sort of drumming experience where where there's plenty of opportunity for people to improvise. And, and then also there, like we come back to the familiar, you know, like, um, I mean, older adults is kind of an easy, easy one where there's lots of shaping and sculpting, but also lots of opportunity for me, the facilitator to get out of the way, get out of the way and let the group gel together without me. Um, so, and a million different ways to do that. You can use, you can do, use, um, pop songs, you can just, uh, play rhythms. You can use chants. Um, but yeah, that's like my favorite thing to do is, uh, create a space where the clients can, the clients own it. You know, they really like own it and I'm just hanging out on the side yeah. for support. Yeah. That painted a really great picture in my mind, too. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, where can people find you and connect with you? Oh, sure. Yeah. Come on over to musictherapyed.com. Uh, and we're a friendly crew. We've got about six people on the team. Uh, Brandy checks customer support email. So send us an email at info at musictherapyed.com or check any of our social channels. Music Therapy Ed on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think we're sort of on LinkedIn. I don't know if it's in, if I, I don't know. <laughs> LinkedIn is kind of having a comeback. It feels like, but, um, yeah, so mostly Facebook and Instagram, uh, we have a YouTube channel as well, but that's where you can find us. And that's where we do a lot of our work and that's where I spend most of my time. So hit us up, send us a message. Um, I peek into customer support and the messages all the time. So uh, we would love to hear from you if you have any questions. Yeah. Awesome. I'll link to all that so everyone can easily find you from here. Uh, you're Thank the best. Thank you so much for talking with me today. You had 
so much um, enthusiasm. Your enthusiasm just radiates from you. Even when you emailed me back the first time, I was like, oh, like <laughs> this is going to be an exciting interview. Like this, The energy is awesome. So thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me and for sharing all these stories with our listeners. And I know that they'll gain a lot from listening to this conversation. I'm honored. Thank you for having me, Trisha. I was honored when you asked me. So thank you for having me as a guest. I love what you're doing. So keep doing what you're doing. It's beautiful. It's thank beautiful. You. Thank you so thank much. You. Alrighty. Have a good one. Okay. Bye, Trisha. Wasn't that an invigorating episode? Kat has so much energy and shared so many meaningful experiences, meaningful stories to help paint the picture for everything she was saying throughout that conversation. And I really appreciate that. I apologize that there were some audio glitches. Um, Fortunately, internet connection is not always perfect. So thank you for putting up with those, getting through the episode. I hope you learned a lot and are feeling inspired to bring some ideas you have to fruition and to continue your education because as much as needing to get CMTEs regularly can be very daunting and overwhelming, um, I think it's also really exciting that you know you don't have to go back for another degree to learn these things. It doesn't have to be weeks on end of doing these things to get the information. So Music Therapy Ed makes that really streamlined, easy, um, so if you have not checked out any of their courses, definitely do that. Our review of the week comes from Mini Ozzy, who says, Great show. I'm so happy to have this resource to listen to while I'm driving between clients. Informative and educational. A nice variety of guests so far. Thank you so much, Mini Ozzy. Uh, I agree. That was my vision with creating the podcast was People like you, people like me, driving between clients, needing some inspirational conversation to listen to. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. If you're interested in being on an episode or have someone in mind that we should interview, please let us know by emailing us at feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. Thanks again for tuning in. <laughs>